for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another Live and Amplified Livecast. We have two cameras, just so you guys know. Um, this camera right here is getting the three of us, the GoPro, and then the uh, the big DSLR is getting the, the three of you. So you're getting double the action. Yeah. I am. Yeah. You're getting Great. double. I literally didn't look in the mirror today. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Still working on my cup of coffee. Too. Oh, it's all good. It's early in the morning, I understand. I appreciate you guys coming in. I really appreciate it. Um, and so for the guys, uh, you're, the name of the band is Wild Eyes, correct? That's right. Okay. Um, so go ahead and like introduce yourselves individually and a little bit of history about your individual musical adventures. Okay. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm Max Hoffman. I grew up playing music. Basically, when I was able to walk, my father handed me a guitar and... I didn't really have a choice in the matter. So, <laughs> um, so actually, I, I grew up playing in a band with my two brothers. Okay. Um, and then I did a lot of, a, a few other, you know, ventures with other groups and collaborations. Um, are, are you from Nashville, born and raised? I or? was actually born in Nashville, okay. yeah. Okay. And uh, then my family moved out west to okay. Nevada, then Los Angeles. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, and then we... Um, moved back to Nashville when I was a teenager. Okay. So just kind of all over the place. Missed those winters? Or are the winters here not that bad? Uh, the winters here are mild in comparison to like East Coast okay. winters. Yeah. But there's still, you, we get snow and yeah. stuff, yeah. which is great. I love it. I love the seasons. Awesome. And California, you don't really get that. It's yeah. all one season. Though. Yeah. Kind of so. get this weird vibe of sameness pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Florida, it's kind of the same way, isn't it? Not where I'm at. Really? Yeah, because I live up in the uh, Panhandle there in oh, Tallahassee. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so cool it's area. like, yeah, that is a cool area. Yeah. All the heat of South, or no, all the heat, because I lived out in New Mexico before I moved there. So oh. it's all the heat of New Mexico, mm -hmm. but all the humidity of South Florida, because they've got like all these trees in the Panhandle that just kind of keep all that humidity locked in. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, this sucks. Yeah, humidity in Florida yeah. is insane. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So, I'm Emily. Um, I started playing music when I was five. Okay. Um, on the violin. Uh, my mom would play piano every night. You know, after like, as she was waiting for something to cook or whatever in the kitchen. So I heard music. You know. Yeah. As I was like a tiny little thing, and the first song I remember um, hearing in my life was uh, like Swan Lake. They had the Swan Lake record that mm -hmm. she put on and I'd like pretend I was a ballerina and I'd dance around to that. Yeah. And then I remember her playing Claire de Lune on the piano. It's like one of my first memories of nice. a human. Um, so that's where it started. Um, and then, you know, I kind of played music as a kid growing up. You know, Yellow Card was big yeah. and they had a violin player. So I was like, oh, all of a sudden <laughs> I was cool. Yeah, he broke out the Yellow Card. I was the only one. Nice. Yellow Card, huge influence. <laughs> yeah. Huge influence for this band. I was the only <laughs> one for miles that like 
played the violin. So everyone's like, oh, can you play yellow card? I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, so that's kind of the first time that I thought the violin was cool. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, by the time you're a senior in um, high school, everyone's like, oh, what are you going to go to college for? And I was like, oh, crap, I don't know. Like, yeah. I guess I'll go study music. So I did that. Um, I went to college and I studied and then I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, um, okay. And then I started, I moved to Nashville to go to graduate school. Okay. Um, and then I just got busy touring and gigging and doing some things that I've, I've actually not finished. Oh, okay. I have to write my paper and it's kind of daunting. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. to write about. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I've played with a lot of different artists that, you know, some of them are based here in Nashville. Mm. Some of them aren't. Um, a very wide range of genres. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy most of it. You know, oh, once in a while, nice. <laughs> I'll not enjoy something, but for the most part, it's fun. Nice. One of the most recent, she played with Eminem at Bonnaroo. Oh, really? Yeah, Eminem, oh, wow. Eminem, that was that was definitely one of the nice. my favorites. Eminem. How did that one? She oh, lost herself great. in the music. I did. I lost <laughs> myself. <laughs> <laughs> that one, but it's true. Well, it was cool. It's like I, you know, you can hear one thing to put Eminem on in your ears and listen, you know, mm. like on Spotify, and then it's another thing to be on wow. stage and Eminem's yeah. live to in have your ears, and there's Eminem a click, and there's everything yeah. else. I'm it's like, oh, Eminem is in my ears, for real. It was funny when she got that, because we were on tour, and we had to cancel some gigs. Sorry, I'm totally <laughs> messing up your time That's here. Okay. But it was just a funny story, because <laughs> she's like, what'd you say? She was so excited. She usually doesn't get excited about, uh-huh. like, she's played with everyone you can yeah. think of. But she was Whatever. like, what'd you say about him? I don't, I mean, he's... He's an icon. Yeah, yeah. She's he like, changed. He totally changed the game. Like, he totally changed the game. <laughs> he did. He did. It's like Max, you don't understand. Eminem changed the game. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. cannot miss. I just this. thought that was yeah. a great line. I yeah, cannot. we were contemplating: should we cancel these game or these games? Should we cancel these uh, gigs? They were actually in Florida. In, oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Orlando. Florida, sorry. Yes. Orlando. And that was kind of the, that was the kind of the deciding factor. Was we all realized we're like he's a game changer. He changed the game. Like <laughs> we have no choice. She has to do this gig. When Eminem asks. You to play with him, you say That's, yes. Yeah, you don't, you can't you know. say no. You, you can't turn it down. No. You might not have a second shot. No. You only get one shot. Do not miss this <laughs> chance. It's just okay. Just it all keeps coming back. <laughs> Mom's <know>. spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. But I also really enjoy That's Bach. That's the only Eminem song we know, obviously. No, I know all of <laughs> I'm just them. kidding. <laughs> I mean, we could probably go into a whole podcast about Eminem. Oh, no, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Um, I was a late bloomer of the group. Um, I was an athlete most of my life. <clears throat> he won the dunking competition. I started. Oh, no. Like, he jumps really Oh, you didn't give your name, Daniel. So we, oh, I'm Daniel, sorry. I'm Daniel Kojavi. Um, and uh, I started music in high school. Started playing guitar in high school because my best friend in high school played. So it was kind of a natural thing. I was always at his house. Started picking it up. He played drums as well. So we would jam together. And we started writing songs together. And But it was always kind of on the side. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until college. I played basketball in college. Um, nice. Where did you play? Music, I played at a Division two school in Ohio okay. called uh, Cedarville University. Okay. Um, and it wasn't really until that time that music started to become more important and sports kind of started to fade a little bit. And then by the time I graduated, uh, moved down to Nashville and before I knew it, I was in a band. So it's kind of weird how it all happened. But yeah, I feel like I got tricked into the band too. A little bit. Yeah, it was just, it definitely did kind of happen. Yeah. So how did the uh, band ultimately come together? We're all neighbors. Okay. We live all on the same street about 30 minutes, you know, north of 
here. Yeah. Um, and we kind of, you know, gather around, you know, like a neighbors do. Uh, I don't know, just kind of. We, well, Emily know. wrote a Emily wrote a song on the banjo, <clears throat> which she didn't play at the time. I was sufficient. So we're all kind of like, uh, "This is interesting." You wrote a this song, a song on an instrument that you don't really play, and she, and she wanted us she to play. Me and she's like, "Oh, you play slide guitar on this?" Which he didn't play at the or time. Dobro. Dobro. No, I had seen people Do play what? the dobro. No, so I was like, it can't be that hard. The band started with the, the band started with us all playing instruments we didn't play. Just kind of like very inspired. Hey, we're gonna great. we're gonna we're gonna. <laughs> I listened to that recording the other day. I have it on my phone. We have that recording. It's no, terrifying. Oh wait, no, no, it's terrifying. I don't have the first recording. I have the first recording you on do? my old phone. Uh, it's terrifying, and it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to think about how we saw the vision for it at the time because when we listen back, we're like, wow. Would you ever go? back to the song and rearrange it to I mean the song itself is song. the song itself is great um, we've never released it but I think there's some videos of it but there, we've, we haven't released it maybe at some point we would but. I listened to it it's funny when I listened to it uh, it had a really rocky start but then towards the end with like the harmonies and stuff and Emily's like we did that all the way through that time yeah. at the very end <laughs> it's actually pretty and I was like it actually was compelling it actually yeah. sounded Good. It's a pretty you know, technically I, demanding song okay. to be a first song for a band on instruments that we. I was playing guitar, so I that's my principal instrument. But these two are on in, instruments that they don't yeah. really didn't at the time really play. I and think so just a cool energy though. Yeah, and there we was something excited. obviously we that excited us it. because we started a band over and we were crazy enough to keep going and take it on the road. So and M wanted to go pretty hardcore with the harmonies too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, she's like always. She has all these things in her brain that she has to like get out. So it's like, yeah, she's like, you sing these parts, and I was like, they're both like accomplished singers. I'm not as much, mm -hmm. so I wasn't as confident back then, especially. And, now he's uh, a badass. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, but yeah, I am. No, I'm just kidding. No, but uh, there were pretty complicated harmony parts. So the fact that we were able to like get through the song and. We did it. Yeah, we surprised ourselves. Cool, it was a cool little feat that we made. Yeah. So who are you guys' uh, musical influences? Like individually and then mm -hmm. maybe it's collectively? For me, like I... Sorry, I keep on going first. No, you're you're the well, you're, you're in, you you're in first I know, line. I just, we'll first chair like here. Yeah. You're, in, you're in the hot seat. Okay. Um, I, I, I remember probably... Well, I grew up listening to rock music. Like my dad would always put on the classic rock station. But um, I remember when I first got serious about songwriting, I dove into the Beatles. Okay. I, I'm a big Beatles fan. Uh, every record. Yeah. I actually started by listening to the White Album, okay. which is an interesting like introduction to yeah. the Beatles. But for me, I think it's one of their best yeah. albums. It's a good album. Yeah. Um, and I love Bob Dylan too. Classic choice, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I would say we all love Gillian Welsh. She's a great mm -hmm. Nashville songwriter that we we're like obsessed with. Basically. Even though she was interestingly enough, kind of a newer find for all of us. Okay. Mm -hmm. Emily can tell that story in a second, but um, yeah, yeah, we we've only known Gillian's music for a few years now, and nice. we've quickly she's gone to the top of the list for probably all of us, I'm nice. sure. But the list can go on and on, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. But those are right at the top of my mind. Nice. Like, and Coldplay and Eminem. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but for real, Bach. Um, what? No, no, that's great. I knew you were going to say that. That's why I say it every time. Yeah. Um, Bach and the Real Slim Shady? Yeah. Bach and the Real Slim No. But I can't, you can throw the Real Slim Shady in there. He's definitely, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Um, um, no, but for real, Bach. Um, Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Huge. Um, I would say those are the two biggest ones. Radiohead. Yeah, we all love Radiohead. Radiohead probably gets played good. more than anything else on in the van. Nice. And I just don't understand how they can make so many great albums. Mm. They're all good. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're, they make really great albums. And I think they're the only band that I can think of that I can listen to the whole record and listen to it again. Oh, yeah. It can just start over again, and I don't feel like I just... I don't know. They're amazing. Um, so yeah, we're all big fans of Radiohead. For me, oh sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, man, I've had so many influences and they've changed. Uh, well, let me take you a little bit through the history of my influences. Um. Early on, I would say I was definitely on the Dave Matthews band craze. Okay. There was, no, you did not just mention Dave Matthews. Oh, I was. I was like, there was something, and I still don't know exactly what it was, because I don't really follow him now, mm-hmm. and I think maybe he's lost that like magic wave that he was on, but there was something special about what happened when he came out. It was like a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it was like his energy and his charisma. Um, so, I mean, I, at the time, I wasn't like a bougie music listener like I am now. Um, I was, you know, I just, I was just an average consumer of music. But there was something so compelling about him, especially him and Tim Reynolds. Like the ability for two people to just captivate me when I didn't really understand anything about music, I was just like, what? I don't know what that is, you know, but, and now I can pick it all apart and say, oh, it's that, it's that, it's that, which still kind of leaves me mystified because the mechanics of it aren't, you know, anything insane. Tim's a great player, but it's all just like, I think it's his energy and he believes his songs and he, you know, he he's a prolific writer, mm-hmm. whether or not you like his writing style or not. Um, so early on, he was, you know, he was very influential in me learning the guitar. I learned guitar on Dave Matthews songs, okay. which is a really interesting way to learn a guitar because he's a very odd player. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so he was really big. Um, currently, I, there's probably not like a more inspiring band, I would say, than the Punch Brothers. Oh, yes. They're kind of like, in a lot of ways, when... In my mind, when they're at their best, they're like an acoustic version of Radiohead. Yes. Um, yeah. So, it's I, there's just they're so compelling to me live. There's a magic about them. Um, and then of course Gillian. I think from a songwriter's perspective, she was the one that made it very clear like simplicity can be brilliant, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dave, her guitarist, is a He's such a unique player, and I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that what he's doing is simple, but the the form of the songs and her writing style is very 
I know it's intentional. Um, but yeah, she kind of like boils it down to the stuff that really matters. And that's she doesn't, kind of, I mean, for us, that's what kind of drew us. I feel like, yeah, I think that's, I think that's how we try to write the simplicity that can be very in depth. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be incredibly complicated for it to be great. You know, because we're, pr- I would say we're, f- we're fairly nerdy when it comes to music, but the songs that end up making it for us are the ones that end up being some of the simplest songs. Um, oh, Fleetwood Mac, another great band. Yeah, <sighs> love. Fleetwood yeah, Mac. I would I say listening to Fleetwood Mac. I would say that they, I didn't grow up listening to them. I mean, I was familiar with their music, but I would say that the more I've into this band I've gotten and the more like as time has gone on with this band the more I've appreciated what they did and like bands like the Mamas and the Papas and Mm -hmm. these like great classic rock bands that that had such a unique cool sound that I don't feel like really it's just like not there anymore like people aren't doing Mm -hmm. that they're not really interested in doing that anymore and that I think is Production-wise and 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 sound-wise is what is interesting to us and what compels us. Um, so yeah, that's the one thing I really appreciate about my parents is they introduced me to classic rock early. Mm-hmm. It was Stevie Nicks, it was yeah. Fleetwood mm-hmm. Mac, it was yeah. you know Jethro Tull, all them guys. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I was getting my ass beat in school. Like, oh, you don't listen to Corn <laughs> or whatever. Right. It's like, yeah. right. No, this is why I listen to the you Beach Boys. To the right, right. <laughs> like, no, I don't listen to Fred Dirk's shitty ass lyrics. But, yeah. but now it just says, like, I'm going through working with independent musicians. It's mm-hmm. like, man, they sound exactly like this band. Yep. You know, and mm-hmm. so. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah I, I really respect my parents for Same. not. Yeah, not, giving you the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, so, it's cool. Yeah. Mom was never a fan of the Beatles. She was more of a monkeys. Oh, I thought it was Rolling Stones or Beatles. That's like no. She grew up on the like. I mean, she listened to the Beatles, but she they were. She was a little young for the Beatles when they were Mm -hmm. like at their peak, and so then it was like like, they were a different band like back then too. Looking back, it's like you don't see the poppy like you Mm -hmm. know super. like crowd following mm-hmm. side you just see like the artistic side yeah yep. you know mm-hmm. exactly yeah it's, it's like the white true. album like yeah. i don't know if, if that was their first record they probably wouldn't be yeah. as massive as yeah. well because i was watching a video where they were talking about um how they were comparing the beatles and justin bieber <laughs> weird no no i i okay. it, so basically they were because they were talking about like this video was a few years back like um, and they they made the uh, comparison that, well, the Beatles made really shitty pop music back when they first started, so I want to hear Justin Bieber like really just get into the music and not try and be poppy and see what he comes out with. Hmm. And so it was an interesting conversation, but that is very interesting. Music's so different now too, though. I mean, you had to play more instruments mm-hmm. back then and well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, there was. I mean, the Beatles, all those bands. I feel like they they honed their craft to, as a band together that was much more of a thing i think now it's like how quickly can we quickly can we get this stuff on a, on a huge yeah. playlist and blow up yeah and then the the potential of it is never really realized because you go from 
obscurity to everyone knows who you are and then the pressure is wait a second we have to be able to put on a show mm -hmm. for 5,000 10,000 plus yep. people and we're not good enough to put on a show for that many people so let's put some tracks on let's yep. make you guys look cool let's turn you guys into some characters mm -hmm. and then we'll just kind of like you know pretend like you're better than you are or talking about the Beatles right no, the, no, 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 no. The Beatles, <laughs> the Beatles worked their butts off before anyone knew who they were, and they, they were like, shows, they yeah. were ready when it when it happened. They were like, it was another gig, yeah. you know. And of course, the people were insane. Like there were so many people, but they could have played with each other, you know, asleep, their eyes closed, yeah. you know. And that's the one thing is I don't think a lot of music, a lot of young musicians. I'm not gonna say a lot of musicians. Young musicians don't realize that stage presence. And having a stage presence mm -hmm. presence is so huge. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's massive. Be, like I go back to the time that I went to a, another obscure reference Hollywood Undead concert. Hmm. It was uh, and it was just like four dudes just standing there singing into the mic, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is <laughs> not fun. Yeah, it's kind of miserable. There's definitely like a theatrics to any good performance, and it doesn't. It's all different. Every band is different. I one thing that I've definitely learned from this band is. I think I had this idea before this band that it, you work on your craft kind of by yourself, woodshedding, and then you get together with a bunch of other people that have been working on their craft, woodshedding, and then this magical thing happens when you get together. And maybe that happens, but the real magic in a band happens when you, when you craft it together because you can't you can't fake I don't care how good the players are individually mm -hmm. you have to learn how to like be one unit when you perform and that just the only way that happens is by doing it a ton and by touring and learning kind of each other's tendencies and how each other play and you kind of you become one voice you're so much more compelling as a unit than you're gonna be as as a one person up there with your instrument, yeah, you know. Exactly. It's just always more compelling that way. Which is also interesting now that like the big thing are the duo bands where you got like one guy that's doing like playing some sort of string, and then the other guys playing through an MPC like Twenty One Pilot type thing. Yep. Like that's yep. becoming like a really big thing. I but even they have a full band now. Oh, they do. Yeah. They just. They just. must have been with the new album that they. Yeah, just yeah. They just pulled a new band on. Yeah. Um, Cool. Awesome. And Tyler from, he, I mean, he's like, he's very compelling performer. And I think that's a big part of that. Yeah. Of yeah, their shows there. Nuts. Never been to their show, so that's hopefully. Right. <laughs> so, um, what, how long have you guys been touring? You guys are touring full time, correct? Yeah. How? We, um, we started touring full time this past May. Um, and then we went on like a summer tour the summer before that. Um, it's kind of happened because it just needed to happen. Mm -hmm. um, it's a bit of a long story, but yeah, yeah. we've been touring full time since May. Yeah. yeah. So what is that? Seven months. Something like that. May, June, July, August, I mean, September, October. <coughs> we did a couple tours last year as well, but we took just a plunge deep into touring. Like we've been gone probably three weeks out of each month nice. for the last seven months. Where's, where's your, favorite, uh, your favorite place that you've had a chance to play at? Or I, I loved going out west. But okay. That's because we've been east a lot this mm -hmm. last year. Yeah. La um, 2017, mm -hmm. we went to uh, Wyoming 
and like Montana and Colorado and all those areas. And that's such a gorgeous place. Mm -hmm. We got to play at like an outdoor festival in Wyoming. It was just, I loved that. What was the festival in Wyoming? Oyster Ridge. Oyster Ridge. Nice. Camera, Wyoming. Nice. I haven't had a chance to get to Wyoming, but we have a lot of bands that we work with that are near Wyoming. Oh, wow. Like in Montana, I think. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's definitely a place that we want to hit up. It's cool. Um, It's very wide open. Yeah. It's very New Mexico. You can breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Very New Mexico. Have you guys had a chance to play out in New Mexico? No, we haven't been to New Mexico yet. Not as a band. Yeah, we really, really want to get back out west. I think we all do. Yeah. I mean... I would wait until February yeah. or so because yeah. they get those random snowstorms that yeah. they're not ready oh, for. Yeah. yeah, the and wind blows like it's nuts. A car apocalypse. Yeah, like just cars piled up everywhere. Like they get like two inches of snow, which is nothing anywhere else. But since they don't have like they have, or especially where I grew up, yeah. or not grew up, where I was at out in New Mexico, um, they had one salt truck for an entire county. It's like mm. they probably don't have a lot of plows either. No, maybe. they had no plows, just the salt truck. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and so basically, what happened? Well, it, well uh, a couple years back, we had like a super storm come through, and they got. I was living in Roswell, New Mexico, and mm. they had 18 inches of snow drop Ooh. on them. Wow! And it when just, was this? This was 2015, I think. Wow, that's crazy. I th- yeah, that sounds about right. Maybe it was. No, it was two. Yeah, no, it was 2015 because it. Yeah. It was like right around the new year, I want to say. I remember and, it was a bad one around 2011, I think. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it was it was rough. Jeez. Luckily, I was in Florida in the time, and there, I so I called like yeah. I was uh, visiting because it was right around Christmas and New Year's, and I get a call from my buddy. He's like, "Hey, this snowstorm just hit. You might want to make sure you can actually get into Roswell tomorrow." And so I called, and they're like, oh, we're canceling all flights, so you should reschedule. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was fun. Wow. But, um, so yeah, Wyoming, that, was, you guys, that you guys like touring there, is there any place that you really want to play that you haven't had a chance? Red Rocks. Red, I mean, yeah. Overseas. I think that's the ultimate. Overseas, yeah, England. Nice. Norway. 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 Why not? Norway. Why Norway? It's the prettiest place in the world that I've been to so far. Okay. She's been on a lot of tours without us, so. Okay. With other folks. (laughs) With real artists. She'll lead you through. That's, that's, uh, cool. Um, so who, who are some people that you guys had a chance to work with that you really like as a band, like collectively, have you guys had a chance to open up for anybody cool or bigger no no but we did um once in a while we get uh well we we've opened for sam bush okay he's in more of a bluegrass um okay. it's like rock and rock grass okay rock grass anyone we've pretty much done our own tours okay. so far we haven't jumped on the road with anyone else okay. uh, that's always a sign of a that's a really good sign because then it gives gives you guys the opportunity to like really yeah figure it out for yourselves yeah i mean it's been yeah it's been an it's been an interesting year that's for sure i mean we've we've worked really really hard we're hoping that there's some some of those opportunities on the horizon um but you know everyone's like jockeying for those and being an independent band can make it a little bit tougher to you know 
to make those connections. But we've had some close calls with some cool things, but okay. can't talk about those. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't want to. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are in the process of recording an album, or is that like recording done and you're just? No, it's everything's done. It's been done a long time. Yeah, it's dropping in. It's dropping next week. It's oh, dropping nice. in five days. One week from. It's so fast. Not five days. Seven from. Oh yeah, for six days. So nice. Friday, it's, yeah, it's and coming out. so. What can people expect on this album? What, 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 what's the what's the feel? What's the vibe? What's the what can you say? Mm, it's mm. great. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, we love it. Um, we recorded this uh, record in a very different way than a lot of records are being made currently. Uh, we made it kind of like they were making them in the '60s and '70s. Um, we just got a couple really great players, um, a great rhythm section, and then we all got in a room. And Chris Powell and Brian. Brian on bass. Yeah. The two. Brian. Alan, right? Wilson? Mm-hmm. Alan. Brian Allen. Brian Allen. Um, we got in a room, we showed them our songs, and our producer hit record, and we made a record. We didn't, we only had four days in the studio. We were okay. at Sound Emporium here in Nashville, which is a great, historic studio that we didn't you know slave over the details we just tried to capture a really really great performance and then we did some you know minor production elements to fill it out but it was i mean it's very natural it's raw yeah most of the vocals you hear happened in the take in the live take so uh in fact that's what the when we were playing that's what the music was if if the vocal take was good Mm -hmm. That's the take. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, that's true. we got Which, it. It was always Sorry good because Emily like basically nailed it on the first take every time. <laughs> oh, you messed that guitar part up too bad. Emily nailed it. Yeah, that's exactly. the take. <laughs> so I, great. yeah, I mean, we we made a conscious decision to make that kind of record, and uh, you know, we're hoping there's an appreciation for that thing still. I think that there is. And so, uh, when you guys were in the process of building for this album, like you said that you wanted to make an album so did you write songs for the album or did you just guys have a bunch of songs that you just like okay this will work for this and then no we had a bunch of songs um we actually our producers are eddie spear and alex laska uh-huh. eddie's from england alex is from australia eddie um, lives here it's actually yeah, he's lived here quite some time now um but we were we wanted a producer yes. on the album because we wanted kind of a fourth member of the band mm-hmm on that production side to kind of like, you know, bring it to life and, um, you know, figure out how to make a nice, you know, complete, you know, kind of concept of an album rather than just like us and our instruments. We wanted kind of some more glue and whatnot. So that's why we wanted to use a producer. And we went through a lot of, not went through producers, but we contacted and met with several um, to see kind of like not interviewing them but just kind of seeing it you know what their thoughts were and like what they would do you know what they thought they could mm-hmm. do with our music and um <clears throat> we, i don't know we went through a bunch of them and we were just like oh i don't know it's just i don't know i don't i don't really trust this guy or i really don't understand his vision and eddie was the last guy we were gonna meet and we we're like ah oh, maybe this is just how it is maybe you just don't know or you just gotta do it you know yeah. and then upon meeting eddie you know 20 seconds in we're like we're all looking at each other like this is the guy um so anyway all that to say he played a big role in actually selecting which songs we were going to put on the album we had um we narrowed it down to our favorite 20 okay and then we played all 20 of those for him and then he looked at us and he's like 
you've got seven good songs, so you're going to need more songs. And we're like, oh, really? Yeah, you okay. don't like it? You know. Um, so we had seven. I think we did seven or eight of our songs, and then we just wrote a few more. We actually wrote uh, – no, actually, we only wrote one, um, which is Empty Love, track number six, I believe. Yeah. That's the only one we wrote specifically for this album okay. because Eddie was like – You need something. You yeah. need more than what okay. you have. So really, it was just – he picked the songs that he thought would not pigeonhole us into a specific genre because we're kind of we're floating around a couple different Mm -hmm. sounds so you know and he picked things that he thought would make you know a great first album and you know i guess obviously his favorites too yeah you know he made a little list and i liked all of them so i was fine with all 20 of them (laughs) yeah i i liked all 20 20 of them and i liked all the ones he picked too and i love the new one that we wrote you know because of that so And then uh, you guys are going to go out on tour to support the album. And yeah. Do you, yeah. you guys have any uh, dates planned for that yet? Or we do. We have a few. Um, most of them we're, we have not put online yet. Um, okay. We'll probably release that in January. Okay. Um, you know, we're still trying to confirm a few things in a certain areas. And I don't want to, like, let the cat out of the bag yet. Yeah. So yeah we'll probably be, as I would say, as busy, if not more, than we were this year. But we've got... You know, once this record's released, it's time to think about the next thing. So yeah. we've got meetings coming up about, you know, what nice. the next thing is. So nice. we're excited about that, too. And then are you guys just kind of taking a break for the holidays right now or just doing local shows? Me and or? Daniel are. Emily's not. Well, I don't know how much of a break we're taking because we have a record that's about to come yeah. out. So we have plenty to do, but we're not playing shows. We, we do have well, a few. We, we have we have two shows in Chicago Okay. next week. And then we'll have our release show at Grimey's here in Nashville okay. next Thursday. Okay. And then Saturday of next week, we play at Lincoln Theater in Marion, Virginia, which is our first national televised event. So we're oh. really excited about that. Nice. Um, so, yeah, we're staying pretty busy. And Emily has a residency at the at the Grand Ole Opry. She's oh. just playing violin nice. with... Uh, with Mr. Trace Adkins. Trace Adkins. Oh, wow. so, yeah. so, yeah, we're, I mean, everyone's still pretty busy. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we're we're not on the road like we have been all year. So that's good. So how did you get the uh, residency at uh, the Grand Ole Opry? Have that uh, con- well, Trace. That's Trace's thing. Okay. Um, and it's he's doing his Christmas show in the um, Opry Ballroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has thirty dates, and it's it's great. It's great if you're an artist and you can just do a show in one location mm-hmm. and have thirty shows, and people just come to you, and it's a full room every night. Um, it's a really be- it's his Christmas album it's called The King's Gift mm-hmm. it's really beautiful it's not uh, it's not like anything he's else that he's done mm-hmm. you know, he's like country kind of like a country yeah. star type thing so it's very it's beautiful you know there's a string section there's bagpipes and like oh, an wow. Irish whistle it's kind of more of like a Celtic okay. flair um, nice. and he sings you know a bunch of older Christmas carols. Um, I think the oldest one's like 900 years old. Oh, like he goes, oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he's a wonderful entertainer. Um, it's a beautiful show, and I I enjoy playing it nice. every night. Yeah. That's, awesome. Awesome. That's great. Um, so, what advice do you guys have for our younger musicians looking to kind Oof. of start their adventure? <laughs> uh, no? You gotta have a strong stomach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. it's impossible. My yeah. advice is it's impossible. Yeah, so I think that's a negative side, but <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> a very negative way to start things. Um, no, I mean, it's 
it's anything that a lot of people want to do, anything that's a dream for a young kid is going to be really, really hard to do. That's, it's not just music, it's people do it with athletics and anything that's kind of put on a pedestal. Ultimately, I don't know that it's too much different than, you know, a guy who does his nine to five really, really, really well. I think there's, I think there's artistry and there's craftsmanship in a lot of things that we do as humans. I think we're just innately artistic beings. Um, but the only thing I would say is if like find something that you're really, really, really passionate about, if you really, really love music then do the thing that you love, don't, don't fall in love with the idea of being an artist, just love being an artist. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people who are talented and probably have great art to offer, um, they start there and then they fall in love with the idea of, of, I don't know, being recognized or being on stage and all of those things that are really great that come along with it. But ultimately, no one finds any satisfaction in those things. You see it over and over and over mm. and over and over again. Definitely no one finds satisfaction in having more money than they need. Yeah. Um, so I would say, and I, I have to tell myself this all the time, like still the most rewarding thing is just sitting down with an instrument or, or watching someone that's inspiring and like being compelled to want to go grab my instrument and, and write or to create or just sometimes it's comforting to just have the instrument in my hands and just noodle like mm -hmm. it's just something that I've fallen in love with and and that I mean that's the thing that's worth going after not not the other stuff for sure so yeah um, what was the question again uh, what advice that you have for younger musicians? Um, Max is the only, he's the, well, no, I guess Emily taught for a while. Max, Max is the true teacher of the group, so he probably has all the wisdom to, guitar for a little bit, but to impart. I mean, I guess it's different between like a musician and like writing and an aspiring artist. Uh, I don't know. I, I yeah, it, that's, a, that's a hard question mm -hmm. because you know, it, things are changing so much in the music industry and things are changing how people even receive music mm -hmm. and take in music these days. Yeah. So it's almost, uh, art is, is I think valid in any culture and any, and it's relevant in any way, but when it's undervalued, it's, yeah. uh, it, people don't maybe appreciate it like yeah. it should be appreciated. So I think, if you're true to making really good art mm -hmm. and something that's compelling that makes people think is the most important thing to me. Like if, like what Daniel was saying, like just receiving something that's a great art mm -hmm. and just being inspired by that. Inspiration is something you can't grasp, you can't measure it. So if you actually uh, can harness that and, and make something mm -hmm. that can inspire others, I think that's a great work. Nice. And, uh, you know, you have to have the business side of that too, yeah. you know, so yeah. find someone, because I'm not good at that, yeah. but these two are really good at that. And uh, for for me, like, <laughs> I would say, find, if you are that, the artistic type that's not a business person, that's not enough. You need to go either 
find a team that can help you with that or you just need to learn that yeah. as well yeah. you know because um, when these two found me I was making music but it, there was no plan at all and uh, they kind of saved me from that and it's like hey let's actually do something Could with do this something, yeah. yeah so nice. I would say advice to you said young musicians yeah. if you're talking about musicians then just practice your butt off <laughs> and be better than everyone else but but along with that be kind don't be an asshole yeah. because if you're a musician you're going to get hired because you're easy to work with right you're and and you have to be good you have to if you want to keep your job you got to be better than anyone else who could do it yeah i i, I agree with that i think but coming back to you i mean you have to work really hard to be successful it's just that's just the way it is you have to be really really good but I think f you have to learn to find the satisfaction in the work itself because everyone believes this lie that like they're heading towards something that's going to like fulfill them. And mm -hmm. if you're, if you're not enjoying the ride at all, if you're not enjoying getting better, if you're not enjoying practicing, if you're not enjoying like discovering things, yeah. there's nothing waiting for you that's yeah. going to fulfill you. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's, that's the important thing. It's, you learn it over and over again and then you're deceived over and over again that there's something sitting there waiting for you but there isn't you just you have to enjoy what you're doing and you have to enjoy there's so much kind of stress that comes around the business side of mm -hmm. re making releasing a record especially independently like us and i know there's this idea that like once we release it there's this thing and there isn't you mm -hmm. know we made a great record and the people who receive it are going to receive it and that's kind of it yeah. you know and whether or not millions of people listen to it or thousands of people or hundreds of people is out of any of one's control. We made the thing that we made and, and we love it and we think it's great. And that's kind of like the, that's all we can really control. We can work as hard as we can to get it to people, but that's it, you know, mm -hmm. so. That's yeah, um, cool. So um, as we kind of start wrapping up and whatnot, um, what what are some stuff that you guys learned while uh, creating this album? I learned that I don't want to, uh, I don't, well, I don't want to say I don't ever want to do something, but it drastically changed the way I think about making records. Okay. I'm going to have a hard time doing anything other than capturing a performance in a record. Um, I, and we all thought about, we all kind of used to think about records like science projects. Mm -hmm. Like you'd sit down and you'd measure the ingredients and you'd get them in and if you didn't get it right, you'd do it again and you'd kind of like boil it all down to this thing, which is one way to think about a record. It's definitely the way that we're current, culturally we're currently thinking about records. Um, but I found when we made the record that we made and pretty much we record everything we do we're like how do we capture a performance how do we capture a moment that's special mm -hmm. and that's so different than how I used to think about I used to think that perfection was somehow good like that was the pinnacle you know now I tend to think perfection is the antithesis of anything that's really powerful and meaningful because um, it's not human at all and and so it totally transformed the way I think about recording and artistry. And I, 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 I mean, I don't think I will ever record the same again because of the experience, <clears throat> which is largely due to um, 
Ed's influence. Mm -hmm. Like he is all about capturing a moment. He's done it so much that he can see through the crap very quickly, you know, and things that we thought were important. He's just like, no, no, man, I've made like thousands of records. He would say, he would say, is anyone going to return the record? Yeah, no. and it's and no it really is. It's important. It's important this. to have that. That's why we chose a producer, mm -hmm. and and I'm glad that we have a producer that we can trust and that challenges us on those things because it's easy when you're creating something to get inside your own head and kind of like look in the mirror too much mm -hmm. and say, oh no no this this is this is going to be monumental and it has to be perfect and it has to blah 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 yeah. blah. And in the meantime, you just kill it. He yeah. always shows us these old songs from mm. some artists you've never heard from the 60s or 50s and uh, he's like just listen to this just listen to this and and you compare it with like modern pop mm -hmm. and modern pop is perfect it's tuned it's to the grid mm -hmm. and there's no life in it at all then you listen to these classic records and the vocals just out here and then the guitar is just ah, like yeah. just madly mixed like yeah. insane not badly but madly yeah. mixed yeah. you're just like that's brutal, yeah. but it's brutally good. It's yeah. compelling. And it's brutally yeah. honest, mm -hmm. and the vocal cracks. The vocal's a little flat at the end. Yeah. Whatever, it's just moving. Because going off of that, I remember uh, I was when I was in grade school. There was this one kid that was always like into really offbeat, what you'd consider offbeat music, mm -hmm. and he brought this British, pop, or like a British. I don't know if they were like a rock or a punk band. But they perform. They were the original band to play Britney Spears' "Hit Me Baby One More Time." No kidding. Yeah, they what? They played that song, and then he would be like, "I heard this song before you guys did." Whoa. Like it, it was. <laughs> I didn't even know. That. I didn't know that. Yeah, That's crazy. It was, it was like I mean, it, it was so long ago. Like yeah. I couldn't even tell you what the name of the band was. But that's hilarious. It's funny. I yeah, <laughs> I, I've been trying for the last few years to figure out who would have sang it or where it would have come from, but yeah, yeah it was insane. Yeah. But, um, so where can people find the album when it comes out? What, what are the uh, particulars of the? Just go to our website, okay. uh, wildeyesband.com. That's probably the easiest. It's the best place to, to find it. You can pre-order, you can order the week of. You can order now. You can order right, right now. now, yeah. Nice. Yeah, if you're in, I mean, I don't know when this will be aired or released or anything, but. Probably right around the time that it releases. Um, I'll try and get it out like the day cool. of. Probably. Cool. So, um, yeah, yeah, you can get it online. We've That's priced it low it. because we want people, you know, if they like it, mm -hmm. we'd like them to buy, you know, a couple copies and give them to your friends. Yeah. Like, you know, this is yeah, we're trying to get it just to as many people as we can. Spread it out. Are you guys doing hard copies, just digital yes. release? Yes. <laughs> hard copies, yeah. We're doing a hard copy and digital release through our website. Okay. It won't hit streaming Platforms. platforms until a few weeks after okay. the release. But. Are you guys doing CDs and vinyl or no vinyl? Vinyl will be... We haven't announced. You. Vinyl is a TB, TBD. Okay. Vinyl's expensive yeah. for us yeah. to make, so it's just as soon as we can make it, we'll make it. But I have good. I have a good feeling about it. Okay. Because yeah. I know vinyl is like the new, or it not is. new thing, but it's right. like making a resurgence. Right. And yeah, I think especially in our world, yeah. there's a lot of fans that have appreciation for it. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Sure. Well, thank you guys for coming in. Thank you for, for giving, coming in, chatting, and so fun. Um, hopefully, we'll get a chance to. I'm hoping to be permanent Nashvilleian. Oh, here. cool! Yeah. Oh. I uh, found out that the 
I work for a TV station in Tallahassee, mm -hmm. and uh, we just got bought out by a corporation that owns a station here in oh, Nashville. Okay. No and it's like, okay. well, I mean, I'll continue making the seven and a half hour drive, but if I don't have to, just move here. Yeah. Cool. Lots so, of bands here. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> a lot of bands. So no. definitely feed my need. So yeah. No yeah, shortage of bands in Nashville. Amazing, man. Cool, man. Hopefully Hope next happens. year. And, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us. More than White Castle, you know. <laughs> so, final question before we cut this off: One place I should go eat before I leave? Oh, that's a Marche. Okay. Hugh Babies. Okay. Burgers. Martin's barbecue. Okay. Marche, Hugh Babies, and Martin's. Hey, that's okay. those or are good ones. Hot Bees, hot chicken. I could give you okay. a lot more, but those are three really good. Or the ones. wild cow. No, no, okay. no, just give them just too many, too many options. Grays is better than wild cow. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I didn't mean to start. Vegetarian. Oh, okay. I'm okay. sure not. No. So. no. That is a good burger, though. Go to Hugh Baby's, and it'll... But it'll, had a burger last night, but... It it do, that wasn't a burger that you yeah. had last night. It's I don't know like, what that was. It was a, it was a final desperate... It was a desperation for something. It was a desperation move, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go to Hugh Baby's, it's for like, real. Oh, I haven't eaten in 12 hours. I better get the closest thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, thank you, guys. Um, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time.